0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Max Spence Business Podcast. Today I have a very special guest, but before I jump into that, if you guys like the content I'm putting out, the people I'm interviewing, please like, subscribe, leave a review. It helps out a ton with the podcast. If you can go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review, that helps out a ton as well. So today's guest is Cameron Roy. So I actually had him on a previous episode, episode 37, and we talked about when he got his first apartment building, 120 unit apartment complex. Um, You know, I recommend if you're in the multifamily space that you guys go check that episode out. Uh, You know, we talk about all the nitty gritty stuff about how, you know, he was able to do that and how he actually transitioned from, you know, his corporate life to, you know, buying that building. So yeah, a lot of good information from that. But yeah, so today, pretty much, we're just going to be doing like, you know, a catch up. He has actually, another huge project um well actually another huge building that he just bought which you know we're going to talk about which is going to be super exciting but yeah well, why don't we jump right into this it's great having you back on the show man
1: yeah brother it's been a minute and uh, i really appreciate you inviting me back on
0: awesome i, I always appreciate you know like ha- having you back on man um but yeah so why don't we just jump right straight into this like um so what has sort of happened since like last time we spoke i know we spoke like maybe eight months ago. <laughs> a, lot, yes. a lot of time has passed, but yeah, just like a brief rundown of like, you know, what's been going on in your life, you know, business and, you know, regular life and all that type of good stuff.
1: Yeah. So a lot has been going on. Um, let's see on the business side. Um, yeah. I made a decision a couple of months ago to kind of change my strategy in this space, you know, just after doing the first property I. I learned so much and a lot that I knew I got to apply in that first deal. Underwriting, due diligence, business plan, legal work, accounting work, things like that. And that was awesome. But I learned over time that the thing I enjoyed most about the entire process was raising capital, investor relations. And so I wanted to figure a way for me to just execute on that and add value to people's life. And so I learned about this idea of uh, a fund-to-funds model, um, creating a fund. And so for the past few months, um, I've been doing that with a new business partner. It's been very exciting. Um, And our fund um, came together relatively pretty quickly uh, in the past few months. And we are closing on our first deal um, tomorrow, hopefully. I mean, anything go wrong in this world, but... uh, hopefully it'll be closing tomorrow. It's 384 unit property out in Florida. It's uh, just about $42 million purchase. And um, yeah, we're very excited about that and other deals that we're already looking at, analyzing, considering um, for our fund. So in uh, the business world, that's what's been going on. Um, personal world, man, i I was on vacation a few weeks ago in the Caribbean, which is amazing, with my wife and her family. Um, just, I live in Texas, so COVID restrictions have gotten way, way, way less. Um, it's kind of hard to find people with masks these days, so feel a lot more sense of freedom, kind of back to normal as much as we can, and just trying to you know, live my life one day at a time and add value everywhere I go.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, yeah, like the, the first building you got was um the 120 building and I believe that that was that was syndicated, right? That wasn't with a fund.
1: Correct. I didn't know about the fund model at that time. I actually, that's not true. I knew about it, but I didn't know anything about it. I just kind of heard about it, knew the term and really didn't know much about it. But that was syndicated. And um yeah, so that one was out here in Dallas and now we're my business partner, and I do in a fund. Uh, oh, I have a new okay. business partner. He lives in Virginia. Great guy. met through a mastermind I'm a part of. So
0: yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I've, I've, have you come across a guy called the uh, Bridger Pennington?
1: Yeah, I know who he is. I don't know him personally. I've never talked to him or spoken to him, but I know exactly what he does. And um, that's essentially what I do as well.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. 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 I, I, I actually had him on the podcast like a couple months ago, but yeah, you, you was talking about the fun stuff and like the difference between syndication and funds, which I, I didn't have that much knowledge about. Um But yeah. So like, it seems like funds work a lot better with like being able to scale. Right. Cause it's like, you, you have that pool of money that then you can just continue to like pull from. Right. And then you like, is, is, is your fund like open or, or is it a closed fund?
1: So we, we consider doing a blind fund, meaning, having one fund, raising a lot of capital in one year, and then trying to deploy that to multiple different deals. Um, But my business partner and I decided to not do that. This first one, we may at some point, it could change. It probably will. I don't know yet, but for this deal, we, we, um, we created a, a main fund with our individual holding companies, my holding company, my business partners, holding company, brought our, our holding companies together to create a fund. And for this specific deal in Florida, uh, we created a fund to raise capital for that deal specific.
0: Oh, ah, okay. 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 And, and do you only, is it only the one fund right now? And is that fund maxed out with that one property or, or with that fund? Are you guys looking to get like another, you know, two buildings or three buildings? Like what, 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 what's sort of the, the plan with the, the fund that you have right now?
1: So that fund is specifically for that deal in Florida. So that was ah. essentially closed, but, um, you know, working with our attorney, our legal team, making sure that we're always doing things, knowing what we're doing, managing our expectation, expectations and investor expectations. Um, you know, We're considering now just creating a, a fund with no deal in sight, the blind fund. Um, but we're also considering staying to how we are. And, because if you do that, you run the risk of raising a lot of capital, but not really finding a deal you like or trust to put capital into, then you have to return it after a year. Yeah. So, we are, we have a lot of friends in this space that we want to support that we know are good operators and and find good deals and run excellent properties. They're getting good deal flow and we want to come alongside them and help with their capital needs. Um, and so we're vetting their deals with them. And if we decide to pull the trigger on one and move forward, we'll create another sub fund and it'll be for that property specific.
0: If we don't do a
1: blind fund.
0: So, so as as your bit like I know that you talked about at the beginning here, your business model sort of changed from like, um, you know, d- d- like buying, like going to buy the property. And I guess like it's sort of similar, but a little bit different. But have you guys sort of changed your business model to more like a private equity type of fund where you raise capital mm-hmm. and then, you know, like people would come to you and say, hey, you know, I have 250000 and I want to get on get in and some of these real estate deals, but I don't really know where to start. And I want to, you know, hand it to somebody that I know, like knows what they're doing, and they have experience in it, and they know what to look for in good deals. Is that what you guys are doing right now? Or is it like a little bit different? Or?
1: It's exactly right. That's what we're doing and what we're trying to build. Uh, so you hit the nail right on the head, man. That's what we're doing.
0: Okay, awesome. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that's actually super interesting. And with that right now, is, is it just you and your business partner that are just doing the the private equity fund?
1: Yep. It's just us. Our fund is called the common good fund and um, we'll raise money. um, And like I said, it's in the beginning stages. So we're still trying to really figure out, do we want to go down the path of creating a blind fund and people give us money without a deal in sight, looking and analyzing, or do we want to um, wait till we know there's a deal in sight and then raise capital for it? So we're still deciding these things, but Mm -hmm. essentially, yes, that's what we're doing is private equity.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that's actually super interesting. Yeah. And, and like, you know, you, you guys are at the beginning, like, well, I mean, you're closing on a $42 million property. So I mean, <laughs> a little bit above like the beginning stages, but yeah, like, like, like you're saying, you're, you're still like figuring out what exactly it's going to look like. Right. Um. But sort of yeah. jumping into that property right now, um, you know, how, how like, what made you choose to go into Florida?
1: Whatever, what, what the reason everybody's going to Florida right now, man. <laughs> everybody's moving to Florida and Texas. I feel like in Arizona, and um, it's a phenomenal property. And the previous owners take, you know, they just did a great job with owning it. And the connections we had to the owner were just bizarre. One of those crazy things is like, you know, how did how did this happen? But we're thankful it did. And specifically, the properties in Daytona Beach, and the reason we like that area is because it's very affordable for people to live. And there's a lot of growth there economically as well. But there's a lot of people that are living in Daytona, commuting to Orlando for work because Orlando is getting very expensive to live in. It's getting priced out. And so as people are living there now or moving in there, they want to maybe live right near the beach, somewhere that's more affordable than maybe where they work in Orlando, but have maybe you know, a 45-minute commute to work, they don't mind. Well, they're moving into And living in Daytona Beach. The property is just, it's a a home run in our opinion. It's already been greatly occupied uh, for a long time. It has bigger square footage than a lot of class A around it with a lot less uh, rent per square foot. So just lots of room to grow the income um, in that property as well. So those are a few things that kind of just made the most sense for us to really take this one down.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. And so like talking about that a little bit in deeper detail, like how, so I'm interested to sort of hear, like, how did you sort of find that property? Um, And, you know, then speaking about previously before you found it, like how many deals were you looking at before you actually, you know, sort of found that home run? Um, Because I've spoken to other like multifamily real estate investors um, and like a lot of them actually don't do that many. Like you think like, oh, you know, they're like, they, they do a lot of deals, but actually, like, they don't do that many deals, like, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's different for different people, right? But um, I was just talking with one guy, and he, like, I think in 2020, he did, like, five deals, right? But he looked at, like, 500 or, like, 700 <laughs> deals, right? And then, like, you know, underwrote, like, 200 of them, and then put offers in at, like, you know, 50 or something, right? Uh, So it's like a huge process. And a lot of people think like, oh, you know, I'm going to go out tomorrow, look at the first multifamily property, and it's going to be like a home run. So can you give like a little bit of perspective on like that type of, uh, you know, that 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 sort of area of like finding deals?
1: Yeah. And I don't remember too much, Max, about what we talked about when I was on last time on your podcast, but it, it goes to this principle of like, established, really good relationships with people. So since I've been doing this, my relationships with people have gotten me further than anything else. Um, even though I've learned a lot, I've done a lot, of relationships. So the lead sponsor on this deal um, is actually the guy who I partnered with in the first deal I did here in Dallas. So I already knew him. He's a friend of mine. I've done a deal with him. Great relationship. He found the deal and he knew about it. And um, you know, he kind of just knew, or he's the guy who knew the previous owners and um, all the stars aligned. And we had a conversation about the property and it was at the time that my new business partner and I were creating our fund and we we're like, dude, we love the deal. It looks great. It makes sense. Congrats for you. Um, and we want to come alongside you with our fund and help support this deal as well. So we found it just by virtue of me knowing mm-hmm. uh, the guy who, you know, is the lead sponsor and being friends with him in this space.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that's actually super interesting. So now, now talking about like, um, because you're like, you're, you're pretty much companies like expertise is like, you know, raising capital and vetting, vetting deals. Right. So talking about more on the raising capital side, um, you know, like what type of, like, what's your ideal, like client, uh customer that you're looking for a client that you're looking for. Um, and how do you guys go about, like, you know, what, what sort of like, um, practical sources do you like do you guys use social media to raise capital do you use like i i saw one of your videos you're talking about webinars um you know is it like coffee meetings is it all of these like or or like you know are you guys like sort of specific things that you you know you do a lot of if if that makes sense yeah (laughs)
1: we're it does make complete sense and we're fine tuning it right now as well um and really figuring out that avatar person but ideally for us you know We talked about this idea of 50 for 50 for a while, and I think we're still entertaining that. Our goal would be to find 50 investors who for the next five years could invest $50,000 a year. That's $2.5 million a year in capital. And we say 50 because that's the minimum investment into our fund. Um, We require $50,000 minimum, but we are sourcing that a lot right now through just People that we already know or have relationships with, um, whether it just be personal or through social media or some other avenues that you're bringing in, um, you know, people to your world. Um, but we are working on it right now. We just closing on this property, so the past month and uh, or two months for us have been hectic getting this property done. We're going to spend the next month working in the business um, and really fine tuning those um, systems and processes for. Gaining attraction for potential investors, communicating with them, trying to let them know who we are, what we're doing, seeing if it makes a good if it for a good fit for them with their investment dollars. Um, but it's going to be someone um, who you know would likely be able to do uh, investments annually because we're at the point where we're going to be sourcing multiple opportunities every year now.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, and, and speaking about this property in particular, like, what what is your like team sort of plan? um, you know, with, with that property and, and who's sort of involved with that property. So you have like the sponsor who I believe would be like the general partner, who's like managing more of like the day-to-day operations of, uh, of that property, or I might be wrong with this. Um, and then you guys are managing like the, you know, the investor relationships, making sure that they're like, Okay, or like um, you know, like everything's sort of flowing, and they ha- they're up to date on what's happening with the property. Uh, is that sort of correct, or, or am I way off here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's it's pretty correct. We are so the current property management um, is so excellent that we're keeping them on. A lot of times, people come in and replace them. We don't need to. They have traditionally um, gotten their um, their capital from Wall Street, so this is institutional level investors, um, and property managers. And we we're so impressed with the extreme detail in reporting. I mean, everything from potential jobs tenants might be getting that we want to leave them on, and we're going to keep them there to manage the property um, and all the reporting and all the updates with CapEx plans, things like that, um, and have you know them on site. We're managing our own investors, their expectations, making sure that they're aware Um, and we're on the GP team as well. Um, There's a handful of us who collectively took this deal down together and we're all on the sponsor team um, and we're all responsible for managing our own own investors.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, that's actually super interesting. So it's like, so it, it's it's not like let's say like one like I mean it's not like Blackstone coming in by buying the property, but it's like, you know, it's <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it's it's like you you guys are like partnering together, right? Um with like, you know, two or three other, you know, like different like people with different experience levels in different areas of like, you know, the project. And then you guys are all coming together and like building, like, you know, doing the one team to like get that project done. Um, that, exactly. that's, actually, that's actually super interesting. Um, would you like, I don't know if you're able to talk about this, could you, but could you talk about the structure a little bit more? Like, you know, who, who's involved with it? Like, how did you sort of find those people? um, you know, and all, 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 like, how'd you sort of struct like, I, I don't know if you can talk about that, but I mean, like, just sort of like talking about it a little bit more detail, like how it's sort of structured.
1: Yeah. And so it, it's kind of like the, with the model the fund a fund of funds model is, um, excuse me, we're, we're coming in together with a group of people that we have relationships with, and we know, like, and trust, and we can come in, um, with our with our fund. And the cool thing about a fund is it's seen as one LP, one investor. So my fund, mine and my business partner fund, that we have multiple investors in the deal is our fund, not our individual investors. And so it's one limited partner through our fund. Now we're responsible for making sure our investors get everything they need, the documents, uh, their K-1s each year, uh, anything that they would need uh, as a passive investor. That's you know, our responsibility Uh, mine and my business partners for our investors, but we are not responsible for everyone else's investors because we all have funds in this deal. Um, I'm liable for my guys because I'm the managing partner of my fund. um, But we collectively have all brought our capital together through funds and uh, to take down this property. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it started out just as friendships and relationships and more knowledge in this industry and how we can do more together.
0: Oh, ah, okay. 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 Yeah, that, that's interesting. Now, now sort of talking about your own, like your, your guys' business right now, like w- what are your guys sort of planning? Like, I know that you, like you were saying that, um, you guys have sort of been stuck in the trenches for the past, like couple months, getting this deal done, right. And getting this sort of, you know, property done. Um, what, what, what are you sort of focusing now on with, with your business? Um, and, and, and why are you focusing on it?
1: Yeah. We put our business together in like three weeks. <laughs> we didn't have a lot of time and we rushed and we got it done and it was awesome. And there was just so much, you know, T's to cross and I's to dot. And we have a phenomenal, you know, attorney uh, that works with us and make sure that we're compliant in every way um, and and doing things as we should be doing them. Because um, we're not the law experts. The, our attorney is and he's awesome. So what we're doing now, since we're about to close this property tomorrow, it's kind of like I said earlier, we're going to spend probably the better half of this next month, all of July, working in our business. Really fine, fine, fine-tuning our messaging, our avatar investors, the systems and processes that we'll be using to manage investors, create online portals for them, um, get them information consistently, um, and also find and figure out and execute on the best way that we believe will draw us to potential investors versus, you know, just shotgunning out a lot of information and hopefully something sticks, getting very much of a sniper approach and getting specific on those investors that we want to get in front of, how we're going to get in front of them. And then let's, you know, execute on that. So that's what we're going to be doing probably for the next four weeks is focusing heavily on, you know, laying out those building bricks of our business and then move forward.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. So, so like right right now you guys are focusing on building those systems up. So you don't have to do like, you know, catch up with like, you know, you get the next property and stuff like they're already there. Like you guys have your website, you have like all the systems and processes in place with like your investor portal, portal. And you have like all the information about like, you know, like, like you were talking about like this specific forms you have to send to them. uh, And that, then that's all sort of set up. Cause like, like what, when you are telling me that, like you guys set that up in three weeks, I was like, that must've been insanely ex- stressful and like awesome job on your part of actually like yes. getting that done, you know, in like three weeks and put managing this deal and like raising the capital. all I sudden like, that must've been crazy stressful, but um, yeah. you know, like con- congrats to you guys for like pushing through that. And actually do- instead of just being like, Oh, you know, we'll, we'll leave this deal and, you know, go to, you know, we'll look at the next one. You guys are like, no, this is a great deal. we like, we don't want to pass this up. So I, I absolutely love that. Um,
1: for sure, man, it was stressful, but yeah. we did it. And I'm glad <laughs> yeah. it's, over and it's on to the sense. next, like we're ready for the next. Let's get after it.
0: <laughs> awesome. So uh, after those four weeks, um, actually, sorry. Um, so like w- with your business right now, like how 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 are you guys like sort of like with the consistency and like all this other like um, actually, sorry, I'm I'm gonna rephrase that question. Um, <laughs> but talk yeah, talking about consistency and yeah, you know,
1: you're good. You
0: uh yeah you you came from um you know a corporate background and um you know now, now it's like the work from home and i think a lot of people would get value from that is like you know being thrusted into the work from home lifestyle like I, I i believe that you you work from home as well um you know how how do you stay consistent with like all the distractions and all that type of stuff and you know how do you stretch uh, structure your week that you're able to stay you know consistently moving forward and not being like stagnant
1: yeah it's the yeah, man, great question. It took me a long time to really feel, figure out a good rhythm for myself in that. You know, it's kind of this idea of like anything worth doing today is not worth putting off till tomorrow. And there's so many things that you have to do today in your business um, or just on a daily or weekly basis. And the best thing that helped me was, was starting to write these things down. So I would think, okay, what do I have to do this week? Maybe I need to send this email to our attorney. Um, well, when's it going to get done? And if I don't write it down and actually have a planned time slot at some point in the week, it's going to be Friday at, you know, four 30. And I'm going to be like, Oh my gosh, I got to email my attorney and it could disrupt what I'm currently doing. A commitment already made, or I just dropped the ball entirely. And so really getting, you know, disciplined with your calendar in the week, writing to do's. Um, I have a, a goals board, I have goals and then goals completed and I write sticky notes. And so when I complete a goal, I take it and put it, to the goals completed side, it just helps me like reinforce the positive feeling of completing a goal to continue, you know, writing things down and yeah. making sure they happen at a certain time. So that's what's been phenomenal for me, at least it might not work for other people, but that's how I do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually super interested in that. Cause like, that's something that I, I struggle with a bit is like, um, you know, I, I'll put it down in a calendar or like, you know, put it into the, to the schedule and stuff. And then sometimes, you know, I push it be like, oh, cause like, you know, I'm in the feeling of working on this part, right. Of the business, but then, you know, like you neglect a certain part of the business that needs to get done. Right. Um, So it's like, it's like trying to balance that. Right. And and it's just being like having the discipline to be like, this needs to get done. And I've put it in my schedule today. And even though I don't feel like doing it today, like this is going to help move my business forward. And you just need to like sit down and do it. Um, which is something that I'm like trying to figure out, like how, how, how can I structure, um, you know, my, my days to be more, more productive, right. Or like more consistent with like always pr- progressively moving the ball forward. Um, and, you know, talking about that, like, do you start at, like, do you start your days at a certain point And then do you shut them off at a certain point? So it's not just like this ever, like, cause that's something that I noticed for myself is like, um, like, I, 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 I don't start them like, you know, like every sort of day is sort of different for me. Um, but the ending day, it's like, there's not like a shut off point, right? So you just have that consistent, like sort of like a little bit of like stress in you that you're like, you, you can't go like, all right, the day's done. You know, you're just always like, you know, there's like, you're always thinking about stuff like, oh, I need to work on this. I need to work on this. And it just carries this stress. And I find it just builds up with me um, if I don't like, you know, shut it off at a certain point. Do you do the same sort of thing? Or like, how, how do you sort of manage that part?
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to make exceptions for yourself, especially in this business. Um, you know, sometimes there's just things you got to get done that you couldn't get done when you'd hoped you'd get, you know, finish them up. Uh, I start every day the same, wake up every morning at the same time, have the same routine in the morning uh, to get after it. Um, and I generally have a good idea of what my day will look like every day, just because I have it planned out but things could go sideways. More meetings could happen. Meetings could get dropped. Uh, Things to get done could not get done or get done sooner than you anticipated. So I wish, you know, maybe I could have a better ending to my days and not like my days. Endings are bad. I mean, some days, uh, you know, I, I can finish at lunch. Some days I I'm up at, you know, late in the evening on my computer doing work that needs to get done that day before I go to bed. So Every morning's consistent, but it's kind of like, we'll see what the afternoon brings uh, beyond my schedule.
0: Okay. Okay. And and talking about that, the morning, do do you like, do you find like having that morning routine of like the set things that you do really, really helps you? And like, if like, let's say you wake up one morning, you miss your wake up time, you don't do your morning routine. Do you just feel like your day is just like sort of off and you're like misstepped for like 100%. the rest of the day. Ah, oh, okay.
1: Okay. I mean, even just like I was saying, I got back from vacation from the Caribbean a couple weeks ago. And when we were on vacation, I didn't set my alarm one morning. My wife and I, we slept in, you know, we ate whenever we wanted to and we went to bed different times each night. Uh, and it was awesome. I mean, that's the way the vacation in my mind. Yeah. But when I got back, we got back in the middle of the week on a Tuesday night, we got back at our house almost midnight and I had a lot to do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I was so tired from vacation. I just did not wake up one time. My alarms went off, but I, I snoozed them. And the rhythm of the rest of the week for me was thrown off. I just couldn't seem to get things going. But it was because there was a big disruptive pattern in my consistent routine in the mornings. And I'm back at it now. It's been great. But man, like that can really mess with my entire day Is if there's no consistency to the way I wake up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, hundred percent. And I, and I feel the same way. Um, and, and I know, and I know a, a lot, like a lot of people are different. Like some people are like, you know, I need to wake up at like five or six in the morning. Like that works for me. And then there's other people that are like, you know, they wake up at like nine or 10 and then they work into the night and like their night hours are like the most productive. Cause you know, like that, that's just how they work. And they feel like a lot better. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of the, uh, other way where i like my mornings are so productive that i sort of find like as the day goes on it's like it's it's like slowly losing like a little bit of steam by the end and stuff and it's just like gets harder to be like okay we need to do this we need to do that we need to do this um but yeah so sort of talking uh, yeah. <laughs> um so we're talking on that point a little bit more i saw one of your videos um that i thought was really interesting was talking about like uh trusting the process right and it's like you know like when, when you first start a business, um, or, you know, maybe you're trying to achieve something at the beginning stages, you know, it can be months of just, it just feels like you're just like grinding and there's just like no sign of like progress, right. Or the progress is so small. Um, right. And, and like, you know, a lot of times, like maybe you're just like a little short of like that finish line of or, or seeing that huge progression hit. Um, and you, how, how, how do you sort of stay through that and sort of move through that Uh, When you're working at like, let's say when you're trying to find a deal and it's like, you're looking at like, you've looked at 80 deals already or a hundred deals. And you're just like, dude, none of these deals are working for us. Like we need to like, you know, like, I don't know what's (laughs) happening. And like, how how do you stay like consistent to the process?
1: You have to believe that, uh, the consequences of not staying, uh, on the process are worse than staying on the process. Mm. You know, I heard this, this, uh, football coach recently talked to his, you know, his team about, uh, winning and it's like winning doesn't care about you. Winning doesn't care how you feel. Winning, win, winning doesn't you know have any regard to you trying to win, and it, it it can you know it just doesn't care about you at all. And He said so you have to consider the consequences of what it will take to win, and the hardship of winning. And if you don't want to do it, fine. But just know that if you don't ever try and get on the path to win, you will always be a loser. And, you know, it's this idea of like success and no success. It's like, well, maybe I'm feeling discouraged because I've been on the path for a long time. I thought things would click sooner than they are. And there's just no clear sight for victory or success, whatever in line for me. But you can assure yourself that stopping the process. There will never, never be a finish line of success or victory for you ever. It, it's just stuck where you are, back to where you, back to where you came from. And so for me, like it took 21 months from the time I decided to do multifamily real estate to the time I got my first deal. You know, almost two full years. And I thought it was going to take like nine months when I started. Not the case at all. But I just stuck with it, man. And, and especially when you start getting getting tastes of small wins and then a big win. you you know, you, it's easier to start trusting the process. The process may get harder or easier, but it's easier to start trusting the process. I mean, I know you heard it and probably all all the listeners have heard it too, but it's kind of like going to the gym. You know, if you go to the gym all the time and you start losing weight or getting really strong or start having a lot more endurance, you don't notice that overnight, but it's incremental um, consistent change over time. Repeated is virtually unstoppable. So believing that the small things you're doing daily will eventually get you where you want to be, but it, you just never know the timeline just, which is the unfortunate thing. Cause if we did everybody be major successful in this life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Something that I've noticed is, um, you know, you're, you're, you're doing really well on social media. I see like you're doing like the LinkedIn sort of like, you know, putting out consistent content with like video form and written form. And then, um, you know, also sharing like great pieces of content. Um, so how is, how is what made you decide to start doing that and how has it sort of affected your business? Have you started to see results or are you still like in the process of like building it and you know your plan is like, hey, I'm expecting to see like results in four to five years?
1: Yeah, I started doing that because, you know, I, whenever I analyze my life, the history of it, just the, the place that I seem to have thrived the most, enjoy the most as well is getting to encourage people and helping them, offering them you know, maybe a, a insight to something that they could use insight on or see something they didn't see that could provide value to them. And I've just really enjoyed doing it. You know, I, I, a lot of my content doesn't have anything to do with real estate at all. And that's okay with me because the vast majority of people that are gonna see my videos aren't in, interested in know anything about real estate, but they do know about hard times. They do know about suffering. They do know about, um, you know, discipline or trying to become disciplined or how to think through hard situations. And the goal of my life is to help people reach their greatest potential. I really believe that's why I exist. And, you know, if I limit the content I put out to only be valuable to real estate folks, I'm removing the opportunity for a lot of people around me to hopefully gain some value from something I might've learned or have gained insight on that they could, you know, utilize. And so, yeah, yeah I love doing that. I love helping people. I get a lot of feedback to messages or just, you know, comments from people like, this is great. I enjoyed this or this helped, um, or keep it up. And so for me, that's just kind of a green light to keep doing, you know, what I'm doing and nothing is original. Like I'm not sitting down outside thinking of, the next greatest like philosophical wow thing it's just things i've learned or am learning and want other people to know about because it could help them like it's helped me and i have gained some investors from it i've you know i always do touch a little bit too sometimes on real estate what i'm up to how i'm doing it what's going on in my world and they're just interested like hey i see what you're doing i'd love to know more like what's going on what kind of business are you doing or what is how are you buying apartment complexes um so yeah, the, my content mainly is just for me wanting to help people.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And and like that—that's something that I sort of saw from your content. I was like, I was like, yeah, there's a lot of like good pieces of advice just on like, um, you know, like self help of like how to be more productive in the business world, like you know, and all the little nits and like little tidbits of information that you've learned that are actually really valuable. Um, you know, like, like when, when you explain them, um, another thing that I, that I saw that, that I actually liked, uh, and I thought was like a really good idea to like, sort of like, if, if, if you're nervous about getting started into social media and like, you know, you, you, you maybe you have a little bit of shyness of like putting yourself on camera or, you know, writing, or, you know, you're like, where do I start with this? One thing that I saw with you that I actually really loved is like, you supplement your content with like, um, other people's like videos or content that is like really, really good. Right. So you, so you share like other content, which I thought was like, oh, it's actually a brilliant idea. Right. Because like, sharing other people's content that's helped you might actually help somebody else who's never seen it before. Right. So, you know, by following your account and they see like this great, you know, life advice or business advice or sales advice or marketing advice that maybe they maybe never would have come across if they didn't, you, if they didn't have you in their connections. So I thought like, Oh, that's actually a great way of like, you know, maybe getting started or, you know, supplementing your income. Um, is that like, was that sort of like the plan? Like, did you sort of have like a social media structure or did you just start like, you just went in and you just sort of like, like, I'm going to have fun with it. And, you know, like, let's just see what happens.
1: Yeah. yeah. I had no structure. I wish I had more structure. It might be, it might help me more. Um, but, you know, I just kind of, a lot of the things that I put out there are just unstructured and kind of off the cuff. You know, if I wait, you know, if I learn something that week, I think, okay, well, how can I say it? And maybe, you know, a minute and a half to three minutes that makes sense for people to help them. And I'll record on Monday or Friday or whatever, or just whenever. But man, I'm all about sharing good content. Like there are a lot of guys and girls that I follow that write great things or have put out content that you know can truly help somebody if they're going through something that you know the advice applies to. I have no problem sharing other people's advice at all, um, or wisdom or insight. I think it's a great thing. If I'm if I'm getting value from it, why would why would I not want anyone else to? Um, I was at a conference here in Dallas a few weeks ago, about a month ago actually. And John Maxwell was there, and I actually got to meet him. I put this out in a video. I got to meet him. He signed a book. I shook his hand twice. Got a picture with him. And one of the most valuable things he said was this: uh, He said, "Everywhere I go, I see people of value that I seek to add value to because I am a person of value." And it was just this value statement of, "They are valuable. I want to add more value to them, and the reason I can do that is because I'm valuable." You know, it's knowing self, you know, believing you're valuable yourself, and that's just kind of my my whole philosophy. He summed it up in words: is everybody deserves to be treated well. Um, everybody deserves to, you know, uh, have value added to their life, and you're a person of value who can add it to them. So do it. Put out a video. Open the door for somebody. Pay for pay for somebody's dinner. You see a single mom with, you know, a couple of kids, and she just looks like she's been having a hard time. Pick up her tab. I mean. You, there's so many ways every single day for us to add value to people's lives um, more than just me putting out videos. So mm-hmm. that yeah. just kind of bleeds through in my videos.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I actually love that a lot. Um, and yeah, so, so we're, we're, we're going to be coming to the end here shortly. I got a couple more questions for you. And sort of like this is the yeah. ending segment. Um, and so uh, what, so yeah, uh, a question I want to ask you is what is one question you wish people asked you more?
1: One question I wish people asked me more was who do I think the greatest leader who ever lived was? Who's that? Uh, I think Jesus Christ. Uh, okay. I don't think anyone's had more of a worldwide impact, whether you whether you believe him or not, or you have a faith in him or not. I don't think there was more of a better leader with more of a lasting impact than that man. So I wish people yeah. asked me that more. Yeah. Um, that's yep. a good question you asked.
0: Yeah, well actually um <laughs> I, I, I I was I actually saw it on, on another podcast. Um I actually this is, this is bad but I mean like I can't remember the podcast but I saw that one part where the with the interviewer asked that and I was like I was like this is absolutely brilliant like <laughs> I was like it's it's, su- it's such a good question to ask, right? Because it's like, you know, as an interview, you're asking questions, you're asking questions, you're asking questions. Um, And sometimes like, you know, like this, I've sort of had conversations with people I've interviewed afterwards. And, you know, maybe they wanted to say something or they wanted to talk about something particular um, that, you know, they didn't bring up because, you know, it wasn't asked in the interview, and they didn't want to sort of break the flow or anything like that. Um, so I was like, that's a great way to sort of add that sort of ability in there for like, let's say if somebody's, you know, during the podcast, they're like, why is this guy not asking me about this? Like, you know, like this is something that I think uh-huh. would have, be so valuable, um, if people heard about it. Right. So, yeah. So I love, I, I that. love that dude. Yeah. So true. <laughs> um, now we're sort of talking about another sort of segment that I, I sort of saw again, this is, was with Gary V. Um, I, I don't like he's sort of made it a little bit popular. And this is what I've sort of seen is like the underrated and overrated sort of, you know, uh, opinions about stuff. So what is something that you think is overrated about multifamily? And what is something that is underrated about multifamily?
1: Mm, that's a good question too, man. You got good questions. Something that's overrated about multifamily I think that this it's this idea. I talked about this on another podcast I was on recently, is that you need to say yes to everything. It's like what it's like somebody puts a property under contract or is a part of a syndicate or you know helped in some way in a deal, and all of a sudden they're a pro that you need to pay, you know, fifty thousand dollars a year to coach you. <laughs> Not a chance. And it's you know, it's cool what they've done, but when you first get in this industry you could make the mistake like I made and think that you need to say yes to everything. And I think that I've even said that on a podcast before, like say yes to everything. Now, granted, you need to be selective and you need to say yes to things that you'll get value out of like happy hours, meetings, conferences, relationships, business partnerships, whatever. But you don't need like to be a part of 10 masterminds and, you know, spread yourself thin and go to every conference. And it's just, it's not necessary What's necessary is executing, finding deals, or finding money, putting them together, and getting things accomplished.
0: Mm-hmm. Ah, okay, okay. And and what, what what what's what's something that you think is overrated um, about multifamily?
1: Well, I think that what I said oh, okay. is o- the overrated Sorry. part.
0: Ah, okay, okay. Underrated. And then, and then the underrated. Uh, what, what, what piece of advice do you have for that, or what? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, what's underrated that it's not talked a lot about but you see it come through in people's success or you know failure is discipline with like scheduling. like you, you have to have your schedule and your calendar up to date all the time know when you're meeting, know when you can meet, know who you want to meet and if you have to cancel meetings you have to be able to follow up and reschedule it. Um, but a lot of things get dropped a lot of, <laughs> um, calendars are just so not organized. And, you know, especially when you're dealing with investors, you know, they may think if you can't manage your own 12 hours in a day, why would I trust you to manage my $100,000 investment? And, you know, you've got to get disciplined about some things that most likely a lot of people are not disciplined in and time management and calendar management is one of those that's not talked about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, hundred percent. Like m- making sure that, that you're scheduling things in. And when you say, um, you know, I, I actually, that, that, that's actually funny that you bring that up. Cause like I, I had another guy on and he has like, um, he, he has, uh, I can't remember how he, what, what he called it, but it's like his promise list. Yeah. I think it might be his promise list. So like when, when he yeah. has like a conversation with somebody, he's like, he's like, and he says, I'm going to do something. He says, he says, Hey, I'm going to, I'm putting this, like, you know, whatever he says is like, Hey, I'm putting this on my promise list. So like, this is going to get done. Right. So I'm going to make sure that like, wow. they, they need to follow, he needs to follow up with an email or he wants to, you know, do an introduction to, you know, to two people or whatever he, he calls his promise list. And he just always makes sure that, you know, he gets that done, whatever it is. And he's sort of true to his word.
1: That's Very saying. smart. I like it. I'm going to adopt it. It's a good thing to do. It sounds like. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And sort of the last question I have here, and um, I, I, I I, believe you have kids, right?
1: No kids. No just kids. my wife and I are our great little dog.
0: <laughs> ah, Okay. Okay. Or, or, or I don't know this, this, we, we can cut this part out if it, if it sounds weird or I don't know. Um, but like, are, are you planning on having kids?
1: Yeah, we are. We would love uh, to have a lot of children, you know, like I think about the highlight of my life and it's not yet, You know, I have this image of me being an old man in a hospital bed, taking my last few breaths, being surrounded by my wife, a lot of children, a lot of grandchildren and Lord willing, great grandchildren, community of friends. And, you know, I just, I want to have children and, and, uh, be good to them and raise them up well and have grandchildren. Some of the most happy, fulfilled older people in my life that I've ever met are those who, um, have kiddos and grandchildren and so we definitely want children
0: and 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 and, okay awesome awesome and and speaking about that like when like you know uh what so what sort of life lessons and business lessons do you sort of want to teach them? Like, let's say when they're in like, do you have any ideas right about that right now? I don't know if you do or don't, but like, let's say this is sort of going out to like the teens and 20 year olds. Like, you know, when your kids sort of hit that age uh, or maybe before, like, what, what do you want to teach them about life? And what do you want to teach them about business that can sort of help set them up for the future?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I have some great dads in my life, uh, my friends that maybe dads or whatever that I'm in good communication with or community with and i you know you can't always you know drill into a kid what you'd hope to drill into them and they're just going to be their own person um but you know if you can teach kids some things you know i'd want to teach him like my grandfather my hero in life he used to tell me you know always give a man more than he asks for um just being overly generous um truly following up on your word and if you say you're going to do something you do it um and this idea too, from the Bible, like what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose a soul? Like, would you be willing to sacrifice the good character that you have or that you could have for the for the gain that the world could offer? Um, and I see a lot of people do that. I'm, I'm sure you you and I could probably list off a hundred people that have done that, we'd think. But um, man, I've seen a lot of miserable, depressed, suicidal millionaires and billionaires in this life. And um, we're made for relationships and community. So I really would love and stealing my kids by watching my wife and I just go all in with the friends and community and family we have around us more than the business that I have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like, yeah. Like, and, and, and I, I, I love that a lot. And, and I had another guy talking about that a bit on the podcast, was talking about like he, like when he was growing up, he, he said like he, he didn't have like, he wasn't rich with money, but he was rich with life. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. he was always thankful for that with his parents, right? Like, you know, maybe they, they didn't have the money to like do all the, you know, crazy stuff that all the other kids could do, but his parents, like he, he just had these great experiences growing up. And he just said, like, he was overwhelmed with like wealth and like richness of just life as a young kid. Um, and it it had nothing to, it had no correlation with, you know, wealth or anything of that nature. Right. He had, he had a great relationship and, you know, um, and yeah, and and that, that was just something that, that he said, Um, but yeah, I, I know we're coming to the end here. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure, uh, you know, listening to you Cameron and sort of hearing about the updates. Um, you know, I, I would love to have you back on, let's say in another like year or two years to see like what's happening. It's, it's always really exciting to see these updates and sort of see like the trajectory of like how your business is coming along from like 120, you know, unit property. That was like 9.2 million to now like a $42 million property, um, (laughs) So yeah, I'm very sort of excited to say, like, oh, is the next property going to be like, you know, 120 million dollar property or something? Potentially. <laughs> that gets get, get gets to that point, right? So it, it's it's going to be really exciting to sort of see that journey, and I hope the viewers and listeners are you know um, are are as excited as I am to sort of see you see that journey for you unfold, uh, you know, and being able to document it on on a podcast in video format.
1: Man, I appreciate that so much, and I love the updates as well, and looking back at where people are it's just always such an exciting thing to do and so i really appreciate you having me back on and of course i you know anytime you want me back on you just ask man and we'll make it happen
0: awesome awesome and before we wrap up here um, you know if people want to reach out to you know find out more about you or if they're saying you know maybe they live in the Dallas area and they want to put some money into a you know some mm-hmm. real estate uh, how how can they sort of find out you know that type of information
1: yep you can go to cameronroy.com and there you'll be able to find ways to connect with me or, um, you know, reach out, put some time on my calendar and connect. If you're in Dallas and you want to connect, uh, let's make it happen. You can email me personally at Cameron at cameronroy.com. Um, tell me who you are. Uh, I get a lot of spam too. So send something that doesn't sound spammy and let's meet up. Let's go get coffee or lunch or whatever. Let's hang out and get to know each other, one another.
0: Awesome. Awesome. That thank you again, man, for, for coming on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks, Max. I appreciate it.